Hello everybody and welcome to the second podcast of the Molecular Muscle Experiment. It is currently the 3rd of December and it is 10 past 12 midday, uh, so of course we uh, are on US time that is. With this episode I was lucky enough to interview Dr Amelia Pollard, so she is a postdoc on the project, very much involved um, on the ground with the actual experiment and getting it done. So without any further ado, here is my interview. Um, We did this yesterday in the middle of a very busy day, so here it is. Okay, so welcome to our second podcast, uh, The Molecular Muscle Experiment. So today we are lucky enough to have Dr Amelia Pollard with us, so say hello Amelia. Hello. Wonderful. Um, So Amelia, tell me about your current position, please. So I'm a postdoctoral researcher and I'm working at the University of Nottingham. Okay, so you're the main uh, postdoc on this project? Yes, I'm the main person um, running all the experiments for molecular muscle. So what we did with Chris last time um, was just kind of, for anybody that's either a non-scientist, either looking at getting into science or perhaps just interested from a general point of view, I always say kind of what you've done in the past to get you to where you are now. So would you mind just taking me through uh, what you've done? So perhaps maybe it's gone through undergrad or something. Uh, Just let us know what you've done to get here. So I did my undergraduate degree in animal science at the University of Nottingham at Sutton Bonington campus mm-hmm. and after this I then did a PhD um, in the School of Veterinary Medicine um, at the University of Nottingham and that was looking into the role of mitochondria in ageing and neurodegeneration and then after I completed my PhD I then applied for this postdoctoral position that I'm currently in now. And was there something about this postdoc position? Was that what was the reason that you applied for this particular job? So I'm particularly interested in aging, and I had some experience working with C. elegans before, so it seemed like a natural fit because I had the worm techniques um, I already knew, and I could research aging and muscle loss, which was as similar to my PhD. Um, what's your favourite part of your job? Would you say? I like meeting new people and travelling and... Meeting new worms. <laughs> no. <laughs> do, do, that's a good question, actually. Do you talk to the worms in the lab? No. You when never I fa- get to that stage where no. you've been in the lab for about 16 hours and you think, can't go out and meet my friends tonight, so I'm just going to call this one Bob and this one, you know, no. something else. My first lifespan experiment. I thought about like naming the worms and then after that I was like no I'm not going to do that. I mean you can't obviously really name the worms because I mean they have a short lifespan so what two weeks so surely two, if you started weeks, naming yeah. them you'd have to like mourn for each worm. It'd be really sad. Yeah, it'd be sad yeah. wouldn't it? Okay well thank you very much for that so you are very busy um, as we all are in the lab but you are the main postdoc so you are the one in control and you know what's going on, so I'm not going to keep you here too long. Um, But because you're on the ground, you're also the most interesting person for me to interview for this podcast, so appreciate your time. Um, But what I'm going to do is just ask you a few questions um, about exactly what we are doing um, as you are the lead. Hopefully this will be very natural for you. Uh, So we have been in the lab uh, a lot on Saturday. So So we're Sunday today, so the 2nd. So yesterday, the 1st of December. Today, the 2nd of December, we've done at least what? 10, 12 hour days, although today's probably going to be a bit more than that. So um, what I want to do is just go through exactly what we started with yesterday. So Saturday, we rocked up, came through the entrance. Obviously, I was videoing, I'm documenting everything. I'm being very annoying. Um, But as soon as we stepped in that lab, can you start telling us about what we did first, why we were doing it? Yes. 
So about a week ago, so last Saturday, we set up a cultures of worms. So we set up lots and lots of worms growing in food, roughly um, in one flask. Um, there'd have been about 200,000 worms. Jeez. And then on this Saturday, when we came into the lab, we had to take um, a small amount of that um, liquid out that contained the worms and count how many worms were in that liquid. And the idea being that we wanted to count the worms and load 5,000 worms for our worm experiment. So on that, just to um, kind of put it into context, so what we actually do in the lab is we have so many thousand worms per kind of amount of solution, right? Mm -hmm. So what Amelia actually does, um, because you have got the best eyes for this kind of stuff because you're able to track them really fast, but what we actually do is take a very small amount of liquid, so 10 microliters, which is super tiny, right? Yeah. And we actually count the worms in that and then we multiply up. So we don't actually have to count 2,000 worms. No, that would, be, <laughs> yeah. that would take a long time. So roughly I was counting about... 200 worms and then multiplying that up so that we were loading something like 500 microliters of worms um, into the uh, into the containers ready to load into bags. So we've come in, we walk into the lab, keep them stored in the incubator 20 degrees, we pull out that flask and then what we want to do is we actually want to count how many we have got. Yes. So then we take out a small aliquot, we count it under the scope and then we know how, how much solution we need to add to get how many worms we want. Exactly. So is there a particular reason why 5,000 is the optimal number? 5,000 worms are what we tested back in the lab. So we actually tried 500 worms to start with and then we moved on to 5,000 worms because at the end of the experiment we need enough worms to carry out our analysis. Mm -hmm. And so if we start off with 5,000 worms at the beginning of the experiment we should get more than 45,000 worms in one bag coming back and that's our cutoff limit as to what we need to do the analysis so if we loaded any less than that we wouldn't get enough return of the sample to do um, an analysis. So that is a hell of a amount of worms and the reason that we obviously count them as well is to make sure that we are able to control what we're doing so yeah. I guess so, otherwise we could just load in the 200,000. Yeah otherwise if we load so if we load even like 10% more worms they'll use up a lot of food so each worm normally has about lays about 300 eggs um, 300 eggs so that produces a lot of offspring and we only load enough food to support 5,000 worms for the whole experiment so if you loaded more than that your worms would come out starved and we'd have we'd do analysis and our results would just show what happens if you starve out worms rather than what happens in microgravity so that that's why everything that we do in the lab is so specific. So today the reason, or today and yesterday, the reason that things take us such a long time is because we're so thorough with everything that we do, because some something as very simple as that can actually really affect the results that we have, and there'd be nothing more detrimental than coming back from space and actually having not the results that we were actually in, or the results of the questions that we were asking in the first place. So right, so going back to this timeline, so we've walked into the lab, out of the incubator, got the worms, we've counted them, then we load them into our plates. Yeah. So from then, what do we do? We store them in the incubator yep. overnight at 20 degrees and this just then keeps all the worms for each strain. So we had for so my job was to mostly look after the UK and Greek samples. And so we had 19 different strains all together. Um, and so we wanted to count them beforehand instead of counting them on the day of launch as it takes 
we were saying yeah. we were in the lab for a really so long, long time. time. So if we could split up the protocol to carry over two days, it's it's made so much it, easier. easier. Maintainable. And yeah. at 20 degrees, um, so when we put them in, so after we've loaded them into that plate and then we put them in the, in the incubator for that evening, what stage are they at? What age are we playing with so, at this point in terms of the worms? It's um, most of them should be L1s. Yeah. Um, so the idea was that we set up these flasks a week ago, and so the worms starved out and ran out of food. Um, and so the majority of worms in our population were L1s, and most of the adults were dead by this point. Um, so what does an L1 mean? So that's but, the first stage of the larval process. So they're like um, young. They, they're yeah, babies? essentially just hatched out okay. of the egg. There we go. Perfect. Mm. So very small to see with the eye. Yeah, they are very small to see with the eye. Awesome microscopes. Awesome. Yeah. So then we've come in this morning. So we arrived yeah. actually not too too early this morning, eight o'clock I'd say, um, and we had a very important day again. So there's quite a few of us, all of us actually from the UK um, MME team were in the lab today. So our job was um, very important. We weren't allowed. Obviously, of course, if we drop a sample. It's very, very detrimental, and we haven't yet, so touch wood for that. No. Um, so we came in, and then let us let the listeners know what we did this morning. First so thing. This morning, um, we set up the lab so that it would be a really easy, workable layout for everyone. And Indeed. so that was actually an important task, because you don't want to cross people when they're carrying important samples and then them accidentally trip over and drop it. So we actually prepared all of our samples in duplicates anyway to allow for this potential hiccup to happen. Organised. Um, <laughs> and then um, then we took the samples out of the incubator um, a couple of plates at a time and took them into um, the clean bench. And what we did was then um, load the fire, load food, so we wanted to load six mils of freeze-dried OP50 from LabTai. Indeed. Um, into the well, so we added the food into the wells with the 5,000 worms and then sucked up that entire mixture and transferred that into the bag. So that's essentially their food source. So their food source. So we've yeah. got them out, we've got our little baby worms in their well, yeah. they're swimming around happily. Um, like good scientists have come in this morning, we've fed them. Yes. So that's nice. Uh, we've then taken them and put them in these special bags. Yes. So these bags are actually caused us a lot of problems, haven't they, really, over the last uh, six months because they seem so simple. And actually, really, the idea is very simple, um, but they are special in the sense that they allow uh, gas exchange so the worms can breathe uh, when they yeah. go up to the space station. So can you tell us a little bit about those bags um, in terms of, I mean, can you remember how much they were? No, I can't. In fact, let's not even more say about that because yeah, let's not even say more about that. They're just special bags. Um, but part of then the process today, in terms of those things, was that we have to seal those bags at a mm. specific size. And if we get that size wrong, so once we put these these worms in this bag, we then use a heat sealer and seal them. And that has to be a specific size because if it isn't, first of all, uh, we get get our hands uh, slapped um, and second of all we then have to redo a, the sample probably uh, as a worst case scenario so we could actually lose the sample and we have to go back and, and do it again um, but third if and it, this wouldn't happen because we have so many tests in place but otherwise obviously if it then went up to the space station because uh, you've done a lot of analysis that if that bag is actually slightly out then the worms actually don't survive that's correct yeah. isn't it so if the banks are too small the surface area to volume ratio changes so we had to do a lot of testing to test how much liquid 
to put in the bag um, and if you put too much liquid in or you make the bag too small then the surface area to volume ratio changes which then changes the amount of gas exchange that can occur so then the worms essentially start uh, die out from lack of oxygen. See we're really actually quite quite thoughtful. Yeah. We're giving them food, the right amount of oxygen that they're going to need. Awesome. So now we've got those bags, we're actually at the process today where we have sealed them. Uh, so now we hand them over and those bags go into a special cassette which again has been specifically designed uh, for this project um, and making the, these worms kind of live optimally up in space. Um, and today we're now at the point where we're giving it away to handover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, once the bags are sealed, Kaiser Italia, who are uh, engineers, they are hardware engineers, they sealed them up into the nice containers, um, which provide enough oxygen again for the worms. But will, if any of the bags split, it, the bag liquid wouldn't leak out um, in space because you don't want that to happen either. To happen. Um, and then, yeah, they put them in pink bubble wrap bags. And then... That we're just waiting now for cold storage to come along. Yeah. So that's actually why I've grabbed you. So actually, you've had no break today, and here I am stealing you for this. So um, thank you very much. You're welcome. Everybody would now think that that's our job done, but it's not because um, what we are actually doing is preparing for another launch, just in case there's anything going wrong with this one. Uh, hopefully, it will all go to plan. But actually, what that now means is everything that we've described to you today we actually are going to do probably at least another two times. Yeah. And that's in addition to uh, Amelia taking great care of the, the stocks, um, which sounds simple, but if you check our Twitter page, I think we've got a nice picture that we're going to upload soon of, of just the amount of stocks that we actually, or Amelia, really maintains. So there we are. Hopefully um, that's given you a bit more uh, or a bit more information about what we actually do on a day-to-day -day basis to get those worms ready and in those little bags and also about why those things are so important. So thank you so much for your time. Say bye to our listeners. Bye. Thank bye. you for listening. Right, well, I hope everybody enjoyed that and found it insightful. Again, thank you very much to Amelia for giving us uh, her time in this very busy period. We are actually due to launch tomorrow, um, the 4th of December, so that's very, very exciting. I'm going to do what I can um, in terms of keeping everybody updated through our Twitter page and hopefully with, a, with an upcoming podcast very shortly. Currently, um, the worms are heading over to the launch pad, so they should probably be there about 2 o'clock uh, US time today, 3rd December at which point they will then be uh, boarded. So it's very, very exciting. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully we'll be back shortly. Bye-bye.